watch a guy take a, a stance and in defense and lie and and say he's lying about some things or he lied about some things and then sit there and try to lie about other things but he never said he didn't kill his wife he just said i would never hurt them did you notice that yeah it was uh it really was astonishing that situation and the publicity it got and how much it really points to sort of the human deprivation of oh it's just it's really sad my wife said there's like a, a special on netflix or one of those streaming services about it and she says it just shows uh, a really messed up family as yeah. far as like the things they did and it, it really shows a vacuum of leadership in the family when when you fail to lead your family when you fail to be the leader that god created you to be to lead listen i don't know anybody that celebrates immorality and is happy about it 20 years down the road you may think it's good right now you may feel good about uh, immoral choices in the moment, the pleasure of the moment, but I don't know anybody that at the end of their life who lives a life without morality goes, wow, that was great. Do you, Craig? You know, I actually, I, I, as you're talking about that, I heard something recently that said, it said, time has a way of humbling all of us and revealing who we really are. Mm, yeah. You know, and so, you know, people think they get away with stuff for a while, mm-hmm. you know, and no, and I can, you know, nobody will know, nobody will find out whatever, but, but, and as, as the, as the, as the Bible says, God's will will be done and, and time has a way of humbling all of us and revealing who we really are. Well, I was, um, <laughs> I was, uh, with, uh, my friend Tommy Nelson over the weekend out in Denton Bible church in Denton, Texas. And boy, shout out, what a great conference. There's a bunch of men, like over a thousand men there. And uh, Tommy has been a great mentor, and we've had him on the, uh, the radio several times. But Tommy shared an illustration that I've shared before, and it's really true. He said, you know what the problem with people in, who are broken is, who don't want to be fixed, is they they want different results but they keep doing the same thing and he said i'll give you an example and i'm going to transpose it to jacksonville area for we have a lot of listeners in meridian and virginia and out west but in jacksonville all i will say is uh mcclenny is more of a rural area outside of jacksonville or i'll even say palatka even further but but I, no, i'll use mcclenny because mcclenny is off i-10 and um you know, uh, Savannah's north of Jacksonville on I-95. And he said, you know, I'll get a call from a guy and he'll say, uh, Tom, um, hey, uh, and Tom will go, well, what's up? Well, I don't want to be where I'm at. Well, where are you? Well, I'm over in McClinney. Well, how'd you get there? Well, I took I-10. Well, where do you want to be? <clears throat> well, I want to be in Savannah. Well, you can't get to Savannah going I-10. To go Savannah, you got to take I-95. Well, I don't like I-95. Well, well, where do you want to be? I want to be in Savannah. Well, you got to take I-95 to get to Savannah, but I don't like it. See, that's the problem, and that's where yeah. people are. They want to keep making the same choices because they don't like what it takes to get where they need to be, 
but nobody really is happy making those immoral choices craig i love that analogy that's really pretty good You're isn't right. it yeah. it's really true yeah. Yeah. now he used mckinney texas and yeah and yes, uh, dallas you know <laughs> but uh i just transposed it here and that that's just the thing now, w- nothing at the end of the life that is worldly really produces any peace or lasting fruit it, it, it doesn't mean you can't enjoy it and um, he said, listen, when you're alien from your father talking about our heavenly father, right? you're a dead man walking. You're a dead man walking. That nothing's going to bring life to you. And at the end of your life, you are going to feel nothing but emptiness. And that is not where I want to be. It's not where those I love, I, I, I don't want them to be there. And so... Um, it, it was a great conference and getting those little kind of nuggets throughout are just priceless to me um, to be able to go. And he just goes through the word and man, he, he exposits and it's so good to have the word poured into you over that. And he just constantly reinforces if you want your life to be able to walk in peace it doesn't mean material blessings necessarily, but it means peace. Then you got to be a person of the book. You got to be a man of the Amen. book, That's a exactly woman right. of the book. Yeah. I was just actually, I was reading an article today about how, um, you know, so many younger generation as they achieve success are finding that it doesn't bring satisfaction. Mm. And that was in the wall street journal. Really? Yeah. The wall street journal. Well, if, 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 if you look at, the story of God and his people, God always exhibits his love by not, he, he just, he doesn't want us to wander. He loves us enough to bring things into our life to help us see that wandering from him is not where we want to be. Right. That's so true. I mean, he, I mean, he just like your children, you know, you don't want them to go off and do things that you know are going to be bad for them. Mm-hmm. You try to mentor them, coach them, set up fence posts for them or guide posts and stuff. And that's what God tries to do with us because he wants, he loves us enough to care. Yes, he, he for does. For our souls and our lives. And again, I go back to that illustration he used. He doesn't want us to be in McClenny. Sorry for people in McClenny don't write, <laughs> uh, you know, but he wants us to be in Savannah and you know, we're not going to get there taking I-10. We will never, it is impossible to get to Savannah on I-10. That's right. You can't right. do it. And, and it's impossible to get to God on your own agenda. You cannot do it. You have to follow the path that he's laid out and he's made a path clear. And the only way to get to him is through jesus christ that's it no other way and he makes that clear in scripture buddha doesn't get you there muhammad doesn't get you there confucius doesn't get there hey religion doesn't christian religion does not get you there that's exactly right only jesus gets you to god the father and i you know he reiterated that throughout the conference and if you can tell i'm pretty fired up because he just poured that into us all weekend and i think it's good for that reason you know well i could i 
good for you because I know a couple of weeks ago we talked about you know where Paul was exhibiting the um, the care for yourself. You know, mm-hmm. as you're, as you're, cause, and you're always feeding into other men. I mean, like me, I always appreciate it, but yeah, I'm glad to hear that you had some time really to have yourself fed into by somebody that uh, really speaks the word and, and, uh, has given you some things that get you excited. Yes. Um, I'm very grateful to my wife because <laughs> she paid a price for me to be out there. Right. Uh, with the girls being, um, uh, having to take care of them by herself. And she was so sweet to let me go. Um, but, uh, you know, Tommy said this too, and it's really funny. He was talking about all the protests we have in our countries. Do you know, people don't really protest over the moral impurity in our country. Nobody protests all the open sin that's taking place everywhere. The greed, the, the sexual immorality, um, we, we protest everything, but not that. And, um, you know, he asked the question, can you ruin your life without spiritual direction? If you have no spiritual compass toward God, can you ruin your life? You betcha. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, and, and you basically contaminate everything around you. And that's what the people of Israel did. And that's what we do. If you lack spiritual direction, uh, that that's the height of existentialism. You determine existence. You determine what gender you are. You determine what God's standard for marriage are. You determine God's standard for morals. And we can't really control anything. And so um, the whole Bible, um, again, he says, if, uh, if your heart is disobedient to God, you're a dead man walking. And in our culture, unfortunately, we don't have classes on moral purity. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> we, right. We've lost that. We used to, but not anymore. Yeah, we protest the things that make us upset or, or unhappy, you know, or, or just disapprove from what we what we want to see happen. Yeah. Not, not from what uh, the moral compass, God's code is. Yeah. You know, he quoted this guy who said there was a day when no one locked their doors and everyone went to church. Now everyone locks their doors and no one goes to church. <laughs> Isn't that, I mean, that's just true. And, uh, and unfortunately it, sad. Well, you know, and he pointed out, I know we're about to go to break, but this will be the last thing that even our heroes in movies are now immoral people. I mean, it used to be the heroes were the moral guys, the one that made good choices, that that were moral. They had character. And, you know, you, you look even at a guy like a Bernie Madoff. Guy handled billions and billions of dollars. And look at how he died. Nobody nobody even wanted his ashes. No. I mean, and, and I mean, he, he handled, he had homes in Manhattan, Paris, all the great places around the all world. The, he's the, he was the Solomon of our age almost, you know, yep. the, all the wealth that he could possibly. But he didn't have any connection to the most high God. That's right. And that's what happens. And so, um, you know, again, if you want to be in a different place, you got to take a different road. You can't keep going down I-10 and expect to get to Savannah. So... Anyway, hey, uh, we're going to be back uh, with more of uh, Acts 22. We're in Acts 22 this week. 
1 through 16. We're going to be looking at our story and how our story points to his story. I got Craig Henderson in here today. Um, We're going to be uh, back right after this first break. Thanks for listening to SWAT Radio. We'll be back in just a second. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. SWAT Radio is underwritten in part by The Guardian Group. You know Brad Sykes as the co-host of SWAT Radio. While Brad is committed to making disciples both on and off the air, his ministry extends into the marketplace as a licensed real estate agent with Keller Williams Southside. Brad and his wife Vicki are real estate agents in Northeast Florida and are the founding partners of The Guardian Group. They help people buy, sell, and invest in real estate. The Guardian Group, with offices near Butler and Southside Boulevards, 904-580-7255. And online at guardiangroupjacks.com. The Guardian Group, happy to bring you SWAT Radio on the truth. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. There's some delays because of a crash on I-95 northbound at University Boulevard. Also, there's emergency vehicles on I-95 northbound at the ramp to Emerson Street, blocking the off-ramp left lane. And there's a broken-down vehicle on the East Beltway 295 northbound before I-95 on the north side. Partly cloudy tonight, low 61. Tuesday, mostly sunny, high 88. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm A.J. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles If you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside There's a better life There's a better life If you got pain He's a pain taker 
If you're lost, he's a way maker. He'll get you onto 95 if you just look toward him, right? He'll get you where you need to be. You just have your eyes on him. So I, I love what Jehoshaphat said when he was praying. He was surrounded one time as a king, didn't know what to do. And he says, Lord, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. The question is, where are you looking for your help? Man, I love what that psalm says. I look to the hills. I look to you, Lord. My eyes, you are my help. Amen. So, uh, hey, this week, uh, we are looking at Acts 22, 1 through 16. And this is a great text because it's uh, about Paul's story that points to God's story. And last week, we saw the humility of Paul on full display as he kind of came back to the leaders at the Church of Jerusalem. He brought with him the seven young disciples from um, Asia. And as we looked at what he was um, doing with these young disciples and even reporting back the way he reported back to the church in Jerusalem, we saw a life that gave God the glory for all that God accomplished through him. And so often, Craig, when we are looking at the things we have done, we tend to take ownership in that instead of give him the glory for those things. And sometimes it's as simple as saying, well, I deserve something because I've done this instead of recognizing he's the one who did it through your service, right? It's that little thought that sometimes creeps in as you get accolades from people or, or affirmations and stuff where you begin to think, wow, I guess I did do pretty good that time, you know, yeah, and yet I, it is really, it's God. I remember I was talking to a quarterback one time, a, a, a young man who was playing uh, football in, uh, in college and he was struggling a little bit, but he really, he was a great kid, great, uh, talent. And, um, but he was struggling and there was a, a, a coaching change and he was excited because of the coaching change and, and, his viewpoint was the coaches determine who goes in the football game. Now he's a believer. And I said, Nope, that's right. That's not who determines who goes in the football game. And it's the same way with you. If you're working, uh, whatever you do, God is the, he is the overarching authority of every element of our life. We either believe that or we don't. Now, there's an element out there in our world. And even within the Christian circle that teaches that, well, God created you, but then he's hands off. And I don't believe scripture teaches that. I think it's pretty clear that he is sovereignly in control. We can see that in the way he's in control of Paul's life. Paul is probably one of the best examples of seeing that. In fact, we'll see it this week. And, and Paul gives God the glory in every account when he's going, you know, he says, God did this. We, we were telling what God did. And, and so we saw that life in Paul that gave God the glory for the things he accomplished through him. But second, we saw that Paul submitted to God's authority through those he appointed over him. And we talked about uh, the spiritual authority in your life. For most of us, we live independently of any spiritual authority. We say our pastor has spiritual authority, but the truth is most of us do not know our pastor and our pastor does not know us. So how can he have authority? Well, you go in and you hear a message on Sunday, 
But what about what you're doing in your business? What about what you're doing in your family life? What about what you're doing in your neighborhood? What about you're sharing the gospel with people? What about you're not sharing the gospel with people? Who is over that? Who are you accountable to? And if it's to yourself, it is not in accordance with what the Bible teaches. Because the elders of our church are the ones that God has placed as under-shepherds to care for the body and the flock. Absolutely. And Craig, I'm going to tell you, in our culture, this is a real problem area. Yeah, it is. It is. Because most people, if you ask them whose spiritual authority they're under, they wouldn't know who to tell you. Yeah. Or they name a person's name, not Not God. an elder. No. Or not... You know, I don't, I, I, I just, it's a real issue in our church um, because we see our elders as administrators, almost like a board, yes. like a, like a, a board Some of directors and yeah. I'll do what I want to do. I don't agree with the board on this, so I'm going to go my own way. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't, Paul submitted to those uh, elders uh, because they asked him to do something that was not really it wasn't a biblical mandate, but they thought it would be wise for him to do it, and so he did it. Now, he was a super apostle. He was one of the guys that had the the gift and the authority to heal at will, and and he submitted. So if he can submit, shouldn't we submit? Yeah, it really, for me, as I was reading this and we were studying it over the last week, it's such a powerful example of humility and submitting to those in authority who God puts in front of you. Yes, yeah. And, and I, I, I just, it was very convicting for me about oh. our church leaders and why we should pray for our elders and pray for Absolutely. Our, our, our leaders. Uh, thirdly, um, we saw that he trusted in God's sovereignty and the life allotted to him. Paul had a very difficult life. I personally don't know anybody who has gone through the torture and the, the trials that Paul went through and yet, even here, when he's being beaten, we're going to see in chapter 22 this week, he trusted. He trusted. He trusted when people are are harassing him, he's been kicked out of city, he trusts in God's plan. Okay, this is God's will for me. And so, as I shared last week, Paul is probably one of the best examples of the best follower of Jesus a human can be. Human, right. Uh, he really is because he is surrendered to the lordship of Christ. Not perfect, but he is surrendered, and so the direction of his life was loyalty toward Christ. Uh, and today and this week, we're going to look at the first of six defenses Paul's going to make from this point in Acts going forward. Pretty much, the rest of Acts, Paul's going to be an ambassador in chains. Yeah, and I mean. When you stop and think about it that way, uh, we're, we're going to see that even though he's in change, his zeal for sharing the gospel doesn't change. It doesn't, that's right. It doesn't stop him from his, I think you used the term several weeks ago about being fully surrendered. Mm-hmm. That Paul, it, it never diverts him from the mission that God is, that he that Christ has called him to. Yes. And, you know, Paul, Paul's story is shared six times in the New Testament. It's shared in Acts chapter nine, uh, where Paul, te- you know, we we see Luke sharing it, right, the pretty story. much, yep. And then in Acts twenty two, where Paul sharing it from his perspective uh, to the crowd, Acts twenty six, 
He's sharing that with Herod Agrippa. And then uh, Galatians 1, when he's writing the Galatian church, he shares his testimony. Philippians 3, he shares part of it. First Timothy 1, 12, he shares. And Sir William Ramsey was a historian who said the greatest evidence uh, apologetic for the gospel, the greatest, is the unfound body of Jesus. Basically, the fact that his body was disappeared, nobody ever produced it. He said the second leading apologetic is the story of Paul and his conversion. Mm. The guy who killed Christians is now the chief leader of the church going to the Gentiles and the gospel going to the Gentiles. And so God says in 1 Peter 3, always be ready for a defense for the hope that's in you. And here Paul, as he is taken into custody, he's ready. And before we look at that, uh, I wanted to go to Romans 15 real quick, because when Paul was um, writing to the Roman church, he wrote this in Romans 15, verse 30, Craig. I'd like you to read that. And Paul is praying for two things. He's asking them to pray for two things. So 15, 30 to 31, read that real quick. I, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the, of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Okay, so this is before he went to Jerusalem here in Acts 22. And so he's asking the Roman Christians to pray, first of all, for him to be rescued from the unbelieving Jews in Judea. And we're going to see in the text today that prayer is answered. The second thing, that his service to the Christian Jews, the money he was bringing to them, and his ministry would be acceptable to Gentiles, that prayer is answered also. So in both these things that he prayed for, God answered them. And that's just encouraging. I think, I hope you're out there and no matter what you're going through, you will feel the encouragement to lift up to the one true living God, your prayers, and get some other believers to pray along with you, just like Paul did. Hey, we're going to take a quick break for the news. Uh, We're going to be right back after this news break on SWAT Radio. If you want to... Go to uh, SWATradio.com. You can listen to any past programs. You can also send us a question at ask at SWATradio.com or call 844-777-7928 when we take questions the last segment. So we'll be right back with uh, more SWAT Radio after the news. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men. Sorry, not tomorrow. Wednesday at 6.30 a.m. at Woody's Barbecue off Solano Road. This week, TPC will be going on, uh, but still want you to come. It's early enough that you can get out there, and you'll be done by 7.30, you'll, and you can go. Before the or if you want to go to TPC, hey, if you're listening, go on TPC Pop in on us out there, 6.30 a.m. We got breakfast. You can grab a bite, get some spiritual food, and then go watch some golf. Uh, At lunch, we'll be here at the Salem Center at 7235 Bentley Road. And uh, we'll be from 12 to 1. We've got Chick-fil-A this week. And uh, Thursday mornings, we meet off of Belford Road over near the Wounded Warrior building. And it's at uh, Jumping Jack's House of Food 
I think it is it six nine 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 or eight nine nine. What is it? The, the address. The address. I think it's six eight nine nine or. I'm, I'm doing that from I'm memory. I'm going to give it to you in just yeah. a second. Uh, so while Craig's looking that up, we also do a SWAT Zoom on Thursday nights. You can send an email at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. Say, hey, send me a Zoom link. I'll send it, and you can join us. Uh, we have people from all over the country join us there. And The, the Thursday morning is at 615. At, 615. Uh, right, it's at 4887. Belfort Boy, Road. I messed that up completely. <laughs> it's okay. Thank you for grace. 4887. <laughs> right. Uh, 4887 uh, Belfort Road, right? Yes. Okay. And you'll see the big Wounded Warrior building next door. And then Friday mornings, we are at the Village Inn down in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. Well, Craig, we are in Acts 22, 1 through 16. And this week, we, we were just talking about how Paul prayed in Romans 15 to be rescued from unbelieving Jews in Judea that's going to be answered and then also that his service to the christian jews would be acceptable paul was bringing money from gentiles to the jewish believers and there was a concern that the jewish believers in jerusalem would not accept the money or the ministry to these gentiles so paul's coming back and he's gonna he's asking for prayer for both those things and both those prayers are answered now in the text today we see paul's story uh god reveals his story uh, as told by luke and paul's life before christ his life before christ and then secondly how jesus rescued him we're looking at the first 16 verses and really if you're listening this is a good really um kind of a structure for a testimony a testimony is a witness. It's what you share. When I was going to Texas, I got to share my testimony with people in the uh, lounge in Atlanta going out there and on the plane coming back. And I and I love sharing my story. The thing about a testimony is it's your story. And Paul tells his story here as one of his defenses, his first defense. And remember, his story points to God's story. And our story should never glorify us over God. It always glorifies God. And we see that in Paul's life. We see his life before Christ in verses 1 through 5, and then how Jesus rescued him in verses 6 through 16. So, Craig, I'm going to have you read actually just 1 through 5 today, and we're going to look at Paul's life before Christ as he tells it to these people that are beating him, were beating him, and wanting him to die. All right. And this is, I love this that Paul takes this opportunity to say, Hey, can I say a word a minute? And then he starts yeah. sharing with them. And this is what he shares. So go ahead and read verses one through five. So, Acts 22, starting with verse one Brothers and fathers, hear the defense that I now make before you. And when they heard that he was addressing them in the Hebrew language, they became even more quiet. And he said, I am a Jew, born in Tarsus of Sicily, brought up in this city, educated at the feet of Gamaliel, according to the strict manner of the law of our fathers, being zealous for God, as all of you are this day. I prosecuted this way to the death and binding and delivering to prison both men and women. 
as the high priests and the whole council of elders can bear witness. From them I received letters to the brothers, and I journeyed toward Damascus to take those also who were there and bring them in bonds to Jerusalem to be punished. So Paul is telling these people who want to kill him for not loving Jews and not loving the law and not loving the temple, hey, I I do love the Jews. I was a zealous Jew. I I protected the law. I, I, I was so zealous for the law that I killed people who followed this way. And, and that's really fascinating when you stop and think about it, that his defense, well, first of all, let's look at verse one. He says, brothers and fathers. Notice the terms that he uses there, brothers and fathers, brothers being the younger men, fathers being the older. And he's talking to unbelieving Jews here, unbelieving Jews from Asia. And he's not making a, uh, an apology, but he's making a defense to talk about his love for the Jewish people, his love for the temple, his love for the law. You know who else used that same opening? Stephen in mm-hmm. Acts chapter 7. In Acts chapter 7, Stephen says, brothers and fathers, when he started his defense, you know what he was accused of? Not loving the temple, not loving the law, not loving the Jewish people. And who was there, by the way? Saul yeah. at the time. Saul. Who is Paul. Who is later Paul. That's right. He never forgot those words. Isn't yeah. that interesting that the same thing Stephen said, Stephen was a witness, guys. He was a witness. He was a witness to who? To Saul, who was in the process of killing him. Saul understood, now Paul, Mm -hmm. that there may be people in the audience, even though they're trying to kill him, that could be like him. Isn't that encouraging? Well, it's pretty true. And I think, you know, Paul does such a great job of building a bridge with the people in the room. Speaking their language is, uh, is such a powerful way to speak into what they're understanding, how they, how they, view things now i can remember going through evangelism explosion a long time ago and one of the things they had us do was write out three people that you thought would never come to christ two of the three people i wrote out are now believers Mm. and one of the reasons they have you do that is they encourage you to start praying for these people praying for them yeah because we have a tendency to write people off And Paul understood, even though these people are beating him, brothers and fathers, he's a bridge builder. He's, these people are beating him, but he is loving them so much. And if you want to know how much he loves them, you go to Romans nine, where he says, man, I wish I, I, if I could be accursed so that these, my brothers could come into the kingdom, I would. And he calls them brothers in the general sense that they're Jewish people, not that they're brothers in Christ. He's saying that I wish I could go to hell so these people could be in the kingdom. That is an incredible passion for people. Absolutely. I mean, it's the same passion that that God through Jesus Christ shows for everybody. Yes. You know, it's in like you talked about the how Paul's the probably other than Jesus is the most profound human example yeah. of God's love 
He he is. And I mean, it is mind blowing to look at Paul. And he spoke in the Hebrew dialect, the Aramaic, and he starts with their heritage. Notice he says in verse three, he goes, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus in Cilicia. I'm one of you. He and he he, you know, uh, uh, Tarsus had the second largest known library or the second largest library in the known world at that time. Wow. And so he was well educated. But notice what he says. He goes, I was born in Tarsus, but 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 I was brought up in this city. Yeah. And I studied at the feet of the Gamaliel, one of the greatest rabbis of that time. He goes, and if you remember, Gamaliel was mentioned back in Acts chapter five. He said, Hey, yeah. be careful. Be careful. You, you guys might be going against God by hurting these Christian guys. If this isn't from God, it's going to go away. By the way, are we still here today? Is Christianity <laughs> yeah. still around? Yeah, it sure is. And and so Paul says, um, "I was one of you, or I am one of you." He he lays out his love for law, his identification with him, and then he goes into his testimony, his story. He goes, "I persecuted." the way and you know something changed in paul and one of the unique things about our faith craig is that we don't just buy into a set of truths we we don't just believe a bunch of principles we have a divine encounter and experience something changes i was talking to somebody this morning and they said that's what's so sad there's so many people who think you just believe something and they they have intellectual knowledge but their lives never change because they don't have the divine encounter with god i think that's the people that's the that's the i want rules that tell me how to do this so i can get where i want to go i but it's it's the relationship that is the divine encounter absolutely and as believers we have a story if we're believers of how the god of abraham isaac and jacob intersects our lives right and, and and he finds us, he calls us to no longer be led by the world, and no other religion shares that kind of experience. Right. Buddhism doesn't, Islam. It's not just new habits, new rules. It is that we are a new creation. And Paul says, listen, I was zealous for God. I was a Pharisee. And by the way, the Pharisees were the heroes of Israel. And he said, I persecuted this way, the Jesus way. He was the tip of the spear against it. And he saw Jesus as a threat to God's word. So much so he went to Damascus, 130-something miles north of Jerusalem, it's persecuting like, men and women. That's like a one-week journey almost. It's it? a long way. And he even says in verse 5, blessing and authority of the Jewish leaders I had. I was an emissary for them. They gave me permission. I represented the highest people in the Jewish court there was. I was carrying out their desires. So you know what he's saying, Craig, in all this? He's saying, guys, you can't blame me for this. God did this. That's right. He's saying, I was like you, but no longer. I was one way, now I'm another, and the only thing that changed that is Jesus. And and so, because he's about to tell them how he got rescued from that old lifestyle so hey we're gonna we got one more break that is really how paul's life was before christ and if you've got any questions or comments you want to call in 844-777-7928 
1-844-777-SWAT. We're going to be right back, or you can send a question to ask at SWATradio.com after this last break, and we'd love to hear from you. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these spots for MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people. My experience has been, MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah. And see, a lot of people who've switched tell me that it's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it. And it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, So really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it so um you do the phone number i'm actually tired of doing all the phone numbers (laughs) okay call now 844-55-BIBLE that's 844-55-BIBLE 844-55-BIBLE nice job thanks broken sky traced out by the city lights my world from a mile high best seat in the house tonight touchdown in the cold black top hold on for the sudden stop breathing the familiar shock of confusion and chaos hey welcome back to swat radio and uh, you're listening to doug mccary of his light ministries today i have craig henderson one of my brothers from SWAT. He helps teach the Mandarin SWAT. And if you are not part of a group of men coming together around the word, let me encourage you go to SWATradio.com, click on the meetings tab and look at one of our locations. We would love to have you. We got about 18 different churches represented. We're not trying to replace the church. We come alongside the church. I have good relationships with a lot of the pastors here in Jacksonville And uh, our goal is simply to help men be in the word and have the word in them and to come together as men where the God of the Bible is our authority. His word that he speaks to us is how he leads us. We pray, we uh, evangelize, we disciple, and we're our band of brothers. And so uh, we meet Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday uh, that's, uh, we have five different meeting locations. One of them is via zoom on the Thursday night. And if you want to be part of the zoom, you can send an email to Doug at SWAT And, uh, the others are on the meeting tab. Again, go to SWAT and, uh, and you can join us. So, uh, Craig real quick, just talking about Paul's life before Christ, just giving our listeners some background real quick when, you know, 
they were beating Paul when the when the centurion comes down. We That's covered right. this last week. The Chile Ark, the Tribune, the, he, he's over a thousand men. So there's a thousand guys in the Antonio Fortress, which is overlooking the temple. They see this basically mob beating Paul. They run down and rescue him. He doesn't know what's going on, but they want justice. They want peace. They don't want disorder. And when they come down, they take Paul from these people. And it says they can't figure out what's going on. There's confusion. Nobody knows what's happening. There, you got some people saying one thing, some people saying another. So it's a very confusing environment. And so imagine when Paul says, hey, I'd like to address the crowd. He starts speaking to them in their language, and he starts telling them, hey, I'm a Jew, and I love Judaism. I'm a Jew. I love the law. I'm a Jew. I love the temple. And they've got to be scratching their heads, the ones who didn't really, not the ones from Asia who had it in for Paul, but the ones they were trying to stir up, have to be going, why are we beating this man? One, this is not the way we treat our Jewish brothers. Right. I mean, his pedigree is probably better than most of the better people than that were in the crowd. Almost every one of them. Yeah. There's nobody in that crowd probably that has a pedigree like that unless they're maybe in the Sanhedrin. Yeah. And and these, remember who started it? It was the Asian Jews who were bringing up and they, the they brought these false accusations. And so we, we look at this and Paul does a beautiful job of laying out his testimony, building a rapport, building a bridge. And I will just say that when you're out in public, when you're talking to somebody, we are to be bridge builders. We are to be bridge builders. And the first place we start is with their story. That's how you build a bridge. You you have to ask questions. Hey, do you mind if I ask you a question? Um, do you ever think about spiritual things? Um, is, is spiritual things important to you? Are you a person of faith? Uh, if not, why? Um, did you grow up going to church? These are all what I call springboard questions you can ask to somebody, and they will respond to you one way or another, and then you just you basically take that response and you go further and dig deeper. And I, I employ this all the time, and it, and I really care about people. You can't do it as a ploy just to get in to share a gospel with people. No. you got to care about people. And, and Paul deeply cared about these people. Paul knew their story, right? He knew their story. And as, Jeremy, we're getting a phone call in here. <laughs> Is that you, you hear that? Okay. Okay. Somebody's calling. Okay. They're not calling us. They're calling. There's this. It's like a bat line somewhere. Somebody's getting a bat call. But anyway, um, hold on. I'm just going to pick it up, put it down. There we go. Uh, so Paul understood where these people were. And he knew where they were because they wanted to kill him. And some of them were making charges that he didn't love the law. He didn't love the temple. He didn't love the Jewish people. And so that's where he starts. First thing he says, brothers and fathers brothers yeah. and fathers and he's trying to build a bridge there with them and he explains that he has a pedigree like you said craig that is almost unrivaled in loving the temple loving the law loving the jewish people trained by gamaliel one of the greatest rabbis around 
a lifetime of sort of achievement in the standards of what the Jewish people need were growing up in as males. Yeah. You know? uh, listen, when you're traveling, if you're traveling somewhere and you, this happened to me over the weekend, if you're traveling and where'd you grow up, Craig? Uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Okay. So you, let's say you're in Ta- Dallas, Texas, and you're on an airplane going to Dallas from Atlanta, and you sit next to somebody and they go, um, hey, so where are you from? Tallahassee. What immediately happens to you? What's I, that? I, I get a connection. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Where, yeah. Where'd you live? Yeah, where, exactly. What, what part of town did you exactly. go to? Where'd you go to high school? And so that's yeah. what Paul does. Yep. One of the things that uh, I've really tried to do as I've walked – around people whether it's on airplanes whether it's in a restaurant is i look for connection because connections are what people miss now in our culture more than anything else absolutely they that most people feel disconnected and you know I, i'll tell you we were at a restaurant out in uh, texas me and a guy that i was staying with and this sweet uh, young waitress came up and she was asking us questions, and I just said, is there anything we can pray for? And she goes, you know, I said, we pray over our meal. Listen, if you're listening and you're a believer, nine times out of ten, you're going to say a prayer before you eat or you give thanks. Why not ask the server, hey, is there anything I can pray for? We pray over our meal because we like to thank God. Now you're being a witness that you love God and you're caring. You're saying, I want to I want to pray for you. She said, oh, that's better than any tip you could give me. That's what she said. And then she said, I hurt my wrist the other day. Would you pray that my wrist would get better because it's really bothering me? And so we prayed. How simple of an act is that? Just to be able to care. And, you know, we've been doing that, Craig, for about 25 years, my wife and I. And we've seen waitresses go away from the table, servers go away from the table in tears and come back and say, I didn't think anybody cared about me. I was going to say, I was just in a small group on Sunday and we talked about that very line. How can I pray for you? And our culture, that that's the one thing people will listen to you just like that waitress did and will share with you something that's going on in their lives, which just enhances the, the bridge building yes. and the fact that you you care for them and you're listening to them. Yes. It's a big deal. And so you start with their story and mm-hmm. you bridge into your story. That's what Paul did here. Yes. As he's sharing his story, he's bridging into the or a Jesus story or the Jesus story. And that's the way we we move from story to story. Everybody loves to hear stories. I mean, people oh, yeah. can't deny your experience. That's they can exactly deny right. your truth. But they can't deny your experience. If it's, if it's, and now, in our culture, people can't deny your truth, uh, apparently, even if you think you're something you're not. So um, telling story, learn to tell your story. One of the things I loved about finding in my mom, my mom's Bible for is in my mom's Bibles, in two of them, she had her story written out. Wow. And mm. it was so encouraging to read her story. Can I just encourage you out there? If you've never written your story down of how you came to faith in Christ, take time to do that this week. Take time to just take a sheet of paper and jot out what was your life like before Christ? Think about it. And maybe you go, well, I trusted Jesus as a young child. 
and but you know i didn't really start following him until i was about 30 which is a very common story in a lot of churches well what was life like for you in that 25 years you know yeah 20 years that you didn't follow him because you can share you know i didn't really follow christ uh unfortunately in our culture we've made praying a prayer um an ev- we made uh, salvation an event instead of what it really is is a change in who we are and people have been told well it doesn't matter how you feel uh you know you may not feel anything really you don't feel any loyalty you don't feel any connection to god i don't know how you can be a believer and not feel a connection to god well you used the term earlier in the show divine encounter yes i mean the creator of the universe yes the person that made everything that we see and put it all into 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 motion an encounter like that is should be life-changing it is life-changing okay so let me ask you a question do you think there's any baby that born that doesn't feel a connection to its mom absolutely they all do yeah do you think that takes a long time or do you think when they come out of the womb they feel something boy they feel something from right 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 at the very beginning yeah you know and and that's that's the way it is yeah that's That's the way it is spiritually and unfortunately we've been told listen you may not feel anything you may not you know you may not but but you just go with it you go with it listen when you have an encounter with the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he changes you. He comes inside of you. Mm. You will be drawn to know him. It doesn't matter if you're five or 80. The moment that the spirit of God comes and lives inside of you, you will desire him. You won't be perfect, but the loyalty of your life will be to him. There will be a hunger for him. Uh, you won't even know what you're hungry for sometimes as far as his word, but you will want to connect with him. Amen. That's right. So anyway, well, Craig, thank you for joining us today. I'm so thankful that you were able to be here uh, this week, uh, today and tomorrow. Um, Brad is out. And so tomorrow I'm going to have my friend Rick in. He's been on before and uh, he's going to, we're going to look at this second aspect of how Jesus rescued Paul, and we'll be able to maybe think about our own life. How did he rescue me? We all should have that story. Hey, Craig, I hope you have a good week. Thank and you, brother. Enjoy. Uh, hopefully, you'll be at SWAT on Thursday, right? I will. Yeah. I'll be at SWAT Thursday morning. Hey, and we'll be back here tomorrow. For more information about SWAT, Bible study, or SWAT radio, go to www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. You can